Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT thriller. You have now entered the house of mystery with your hosts Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our Warren. One hundred two point three FM Riverside and one hundred five zero AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren, Mr. Dave Martino. I am here. You're here. Everybody's here. Hey, as you know, it's the yeah. uh, American Thanksgiving coming it up is. this week. So yes, uh, and, and you're making uh, work. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> Double shift today, and then you're off the rest of the week, so come yeah, on. Cr- the whole week, <laughs> lounging, feet up in the air. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys still doing karate this week, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Really? Well, they're oh, making yeah, you do class. karate, so God, yeah. double class. See, everyone. <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing a double, a double show, a double class. And then you're off. Yeah. And then you're not even cooking your own meal. No. Restaurant. Wow. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but it's it's going to be turkey or ham or what's it gonna be? Oh it's gonna be turkey. Yeah. Turkey with all the fixings. Yeah. All the fixings. Pumpkin pie. Well, you're not eating that, of course. Oh yes I am. No, you're not doing <laughs> gravy, no butter on the potatoes. What? No butter on the potatoes. This is a cheat meal. No gravy. You get Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Yeah. I like Brussels sprouts actually. Well then you get Brussels sprouts, no butter. No butter. Uh, nope. Yeah. Dry white meat turkey. Okay. <laughs> and soda water. Okay. And let's see. That's it. That's, That's it. Can, well, That's you can do some peas yeah. or corn, like some sort of veggie okay. as well. But, again, no butter. And uh, <laughs> potatoes. If you have potatoes, they've got to be no butter again and no gravy. Okay. So, and no pumpkin pie. You're done. That's it. <laughs> Let me, this I'm is gonna, no fun, Al. <laughs> well, everyone else can have it, just not you. Oh, I see. Yeah, let me give me give, give me the number. I'll call them. I'll get the order. <laughs> yeah, special order. Special order. This this, this for the one guy. He's gluten free, dairy free, 
fat-free, sugar-free. What can you do for them? Everything free. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have some Brussels sprouts. Here's an apple. Here's an apple and Brussels sprouts. That sounds good, actually. Yeah. And definitely no dressing. Dressing. No dressing. So much butter and eggs. Oh, no. Yeah. You can't do that. So, (laughs) no. Well, you can have a dry piece of bread with the turkey. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. You know, turkey turkey sandwich. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> well, somebody, hey, so the Beatles got in the top ten on the Billboard chart with a new song. Oh, did they? Yeah, it's made it to number wow. six. First time they're in the top oh, ten. Oh, yeah, since. you know, I, I did hear about that. Didn't they use some AI to... Well, uh, Yoko out? Ono had a recording of John sitting at the piano and guitar back and forth and just putting out ideas and songs, right? And he yeah. had one, and when he died back in, in 1980, they had uh, she had given it to uh, Paul McCartney. Him, George Harrison, and Ringo tried to make a song with it, but they couldn't right. take out the uh, piano and guitar track just, and the talking. It was in the way, right? So they just put it aside. Well, now AI was able to remove all of that and just leave John's voice and the song in. So they took that, and then, of course, now George is dead. So they took the old tracks that he had done, and they were able to separate his guitar work, and they put it together and sang on it with the new with the new parts so wow it actually turned out pretty good there's two different versions there's the 60s beatles version and the regular and it, it sounds pretty good actually it's it's a it's a decent song it was a decent beatles song actually it would have been I yeah think. it's amazing what they can do yeah i think that's great so they're going to be doing that with us oh in years <laughs> they separate our voices yeah they'll be taking yeah. your track out <laughs> <laughs> just removing it yeah, gone. Re- yeah and remaking the yeah show without it because <laughs> they want it to be good right they'll go yeah exactly get rid of that old gotta just get rid of that get just get rid of it yeah get rid of that yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's like anybody's gonna even care this is still going in the you know come on trash <laughs> internet trash in in, in a hundred years anyway well so we we got mentioned in a book and um so we're going to find out why Oh. And we got the author on today, and she's going to tell us how to publish a book. That's something I've still yet to try. Hmm. So the book is called <laughs> Self-Publishing, The Ins and Outs of Going Indie, a step-by-step guide, you know, guides book two. So Judy Penn-Shillock, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So um, you put us in the book, I understand. Mm-hmm. So I had the... The Finding Your Path to Publication, first book in the step-by-step guide series, come out May 1st. And within that is a small section on self-publishing, because that's one of the paths. Uh, And then I uh, followed that up with a book that's strictly about self-publishing. Because what I've done some some webinars on both subjects. Um, And what I've learned when I do the path presentation is that the most questions come from people who are interested in self-publishing. So, but what I also find based on those questions is they, they really don't have a clear idea of what that means, how much is involved. And they, and they kind of look at it as a quick and easy, and, it, and it's really like to do it right, it's not. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll follow up the path book with this book, and voila, it comes out December 1, but... Yeah, but, but but why put this show in there? That's terrible. That's... Oh, yeah, well, I just, there's a section in there on advertising promotion and marketing and publicity, which is all part of it. And when you're self-published, unless you can afford to hire, you know, some sort of fancy PR person, which I don't think too many people can, um, you don't have a publicity machine 
you know, or a team that's doing any of this stuff for you, right? Um, so I give sort of examples of what you can do um, to promote yourself because basically it's all shameless self-promotion. That's what it is. You have to get over, you know, like, especially as Canadians, I think we tend to be somewhat not tooting our own horns sort of people. But uh, you just have to sort of learn to get over that. So, yeah, so I, so within that, I, I just, I give examples of how you can look at different, like say podcasts or radio programs, follow the ones, like listen to several of them and then see what sort of guests those people have and whether it might be a fit for you. So, um, you know, I, I give your show because I've been on it, um, you know, a handful of times and it, it's been great. Right, it's something that I, I that I can share on my website, on my social platforms. Um, you know, it's kind of there forever, right? So I, I just thought, why not actually put you in there? So I did. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I mean, you know, we we sometimes give bad advice too. It's <laughs> yeah, well, it's you know, just, uh, we try. It's, it's all. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, it's just really finding like things that will make you work for you. Like I, like I say, like if your, if your book is about gardening, 
um, you know, listen to gardening shows and perhaps there's a podcast where they're interested in, you know, your take on, you know, how to make the best, grow the best onions or whatever, right? So it's just really thinking outside the traditional box because most of those traditional boxes don't really work that well anymore, right? People are more into listening to things, I think, than reading things, sadly, since I'm a writer, I prefer people to read. But, you know, I, I mean, audiobooks have really taken off that kind of thing, right? So listening is a, is a good way of, you know, helping to promote your, yourself. So anyway, it's just one, one thing I thought was kind of fun to put you in there. Well, a lot of the um, marketing is branding anyway, isn't it, sort of, sort of in a way? Mm-hmm. Like getting people to associate your name with writing so they, they see Judy... Beauty pens are thinking writer. Well, that's the that's the hope, right? Um, like if you look at my book covers, it doesn't like I have like the two mystery series, the anthology, three anthologies, fourth one coming out next year, and the two step by step guides. And while each one of those has unique types of cover art and even different fonts, my name is always on the same place on every single book, always. So that's branding. Right? That's branding. The subtitle is always in the very same place on every single book. Like, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about stuff like that. I'm not sure what it is done. Hunter Martin is the guy that does my cover art. He's great. He knows, okay, this is the name. This is where her name is always going to be. It's always going to be in the exact same font. It's in, in always in the exact, exact same place in the cover. So that, you know, ideally, that is recognizable to people when they, when they're looking. When you say step-by-step guide, what do you think the most important steps are in a person? So someone wants to self-publish and they don't want to go through the publisher or perhaps they can't, perhaps it's hard to get to and hard to get noticed. What is, what is going indie um, doing and, and how do you, how, what, what should someone do? So it's a good question. Like, first of all, I, I, I would say I wouldn't want somebody to take – to, to self-publish a book because they've been an abysmal failure trying to find a traditional publisher. There might be a good reason that they're not getting picked up by a traditional publisher. So I don't, I don't like to view it as a sort of a last gasp because I think that is what gives indie publishing a bad name as people that have sort of, you know, taken something that's not really very good or not really ready and just said, I don't care. I'm not going to wait. Right. What I am finding, it certainly my, my, has been my experience, and I know many other authors that have been traditionally published that are saying, I don't think you're really doing that much for me, and you're taking half my money. So maybe I want to take care, control of my own destiny, my own books, and self-publish. So that's more the way that I would want people to look at this as they want to take control. Not that they're not good enough, but that they want to take control because that they're ready. So one of the first things I would say is for people, they if you're going to self-publish, you absolutely need a clean edited manuscript. And by edited, I mean by a professional. You have to pay somebody to do that. If you want a traditional contract, they will do editing for you. Of course, you have a better chance of getting picked up if your manuscript is clean. If you're self-published, you absolutely cannot skip that that step. It has to be um, looked at by a professional, and you have to be willing to pay that money. So a lot of people, you know, when I'm doing the the webinars, people will go, oh, like I have to pay like $1,500 or $2,000 for an editor. <laughs> and I, I go, yeah, like these people, this is their living. Like this is what they do. You wouldn't expect 
you know, your house painter to paint for nothing, right? Like, you know, this is their job. Um, and they're educated, they're trained to do that. And they're going to see things. And, and th things that your great Aunt Edna, who was a school teacher in, you know, 1990, isn't going to find, right? So, or, you know, friends that aren't maybe going to be quite as critical as they need to be, right? I mean, you want people to say to you, this isn't good enough, not people to tell you how wonderful you are because that's not going to give you a nice product right and and the bottom line is your book is your product so you have to look at look at it that way um so the first thing i say to people is and in the book i cover like i break it down to sections so the first section is called ready or not i talk about the statistics and the stigmas of, of self-publishing like you know there's a lot of books that are self-published now and the average self-published book only sells 250 copies. 250, not very many. I'm, I'm surprised it sells that much. Yes, yeah, so there you go. So <laughs> if you want to be successful, if you want to sell more than 250 books, which I certainly do, you have to make sure that you've got that good product, and you have to take you know steps to, to ensure that. So again, part of that is editing, professional cover art, well-formatted interiors, so that's it's, well laid out and easy to read but you should also be you know looking at it as a business because now you're a business owner right you're going to be a sole proprietor you're going to want to register your business you're going to want to get to speak to an accountant you're going to want to find out things you can write off you know because you're going to have expenses right so you're you're, you're going to want to just from day one treat it as a business right so writing a book is fun um, publishing is a business so that's the first step, and and then I talk about uh, what they call prepping for publication, where you you have to figure out your cover art, you have to format your document so that it's it's in a format that is um, can be read by retailers like Amazon and Kobo and whatnot. So you have to format your manuscript into what's called an EPUB format for digital and a PDF format for print. You, you got to figure out advanced reader copies, pre-order, are you going to pre-order the publication date? You know, there's a lot of steps before you actually get there and it, and it shouldn't, you shouldn't rush it. You know, you need, you need to take your time with it to make sure that you've got everything covered, right? Especially if you're looking for say advanced reviews. I can't go to you, Alan, and say, I've got this book coming out coming out December 1, would you mind reading it and reviewing it? Like, you have a life, you have things that you're doing. You can't drop everything for me. That would be wrong for me to think that. You have to give people time, right? I get it all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. I'll get people saying, you know, could you could you give me a review? I need it in like two weeks. Well, yeah, not really. Sorry. You know, because I've got a lot of projects on the go at any given time, right? And you have to respect people's time. So there's a... Um, then the next part, I, I go through all the different publishing, not every publishing platform, but num a number of them. So I, I talk about Kindle Direct Publishing, which is what um, gets you onto Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble for Nook, uh, Drafty Digital, which covers a lot of library services and some European digital subscription services, uh, Google Play, Spark, which does print, on demand, Kobo, and uh, and then I do sort of a comparison of, of those. Um, so I talk about royalty structures, what you can expect to be to be paid, like the steps you need to upload your book to those platforms, 
Um, so I go through every single step with each of those um, publishing platforms so that, you know, literally you could pick up the book and go, okay, step three, I have to do this. Step four, I have to do that. So I've, I've sort of um, outlined that because when I was starting, I didn't know anything, quite frankly. And, you know, I'd come from two traditional publishers, both had folded. Um, and so I thought, I don't need a third one that's only going to fold in two years or something. I'll just do my own thing. And so I have to kind of learn every step. I, I just, I'm the kind of person that has like a, a lot of curiosity and tries to figure things out themselves. Like I have yet to ever buy a product and read the manual. I always try to figure it out with reading the manual. It's kind of stupid, but I do. <laughs> and I generally do figure it out. Uh, it may take me longer, but it's just one of my things. But it wasn't until a couple of years ago, uh, an author friend of mine that was on the board with me at Primers of Canada, Brenda Chapman, um, she'd been traditionally published for a number of years and quite successful, but um, decided she wanted to do a new series and self-publish it. And so she said, would you help me? And I said, oh, sure, why not? You know, we sort of become friends. And I was sort of amazed at the questions she asked me. Like, I would have never asked those questions. I would have just tried to figure it out myself. And she was this, she was more of the type that, because I think she'd been with a large, very large traditional publisher for very long that did everything, she was sort of ill-prepared to do anything for herself, you know, where I'd been with smaller presses and had sort of learned to do a lot on my own. Like a small press will do a lot, but, you know, as far as marketing and that, forget it, they do Zebola. You know, so I was sort of surprised at how much help she, she needed, but that, when I was writing this, it made me think I've really got it quite frankly, dumb it down to the so that anybody can kind of figure it out, right? And even then, when I had my uh, beta read copies go out, you know, I had uh, a couple of them say, I still don't understand it. Like, it needs to be more clear. So I was like, wow, okay. So I made it more clear. I thought it was pretty clear, but, like, it's amazing how many people need a lot more hand-holding than I I realized, right? Um, what this does with that, especially that particular section of the book, is that it takes you through every step, and it also sort of tells you, don't do this because this this is a pitfall that you might fall into if you try to do that. So I, I try to be pretty honest about the process. I go through audiobooks a little bit, not a huge amount, but um, audio the audiobook market is definitely expanding there's definitely interest in it i get asked a lot because i do have i don't have my my guides as a audio um but i do get asked about audiobooks and so i've, I've gone through the process of you know the, the main players in that and in sort of pros and cons of each one of those um like for instance my audiobooks are through acx which is amazon's arm and i have uh, my my books are narrated through a royalty share system. So I get a bit of money and the narrator gets a bit of money when a book is sold, but I'm not out any money. The downside of that is that, that libraries will not pick up those books, right? So they're only available basically on Amazon and iTunes um, and Audible. You're not going to get into libraries. You're not going to get into, you know, the local store or whatever, right? So that's, uh, you know, that's a downside. But if you want to hire uh, a narrator, and then sort of go wide with that. You know, the app—it's you would have to pay per finished hour, and that 
the, the, the union rates $250 per finished hour. So, you know, you're probably looking at $3,000 for a book, and we earn that back. Those things like it, I've gone through Findway yeah. um, when I've done my own yeah. books rather than the other, rather than the Amazon one. They had, they had a better group of uh, readers, but you're all right. You have to pay some money out. Yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, and because I did look into find a way. Now I did have, um, uh, you know, I've had people say to me, well, you, you know, now like I actually have a, an author friend who um, decided to get all his books done through AI through Google. Uh, Google does uh, will do it, uh, AI narrated books, and and they have a disclaimer. You know, this is my I'm not a real person or whatever. And I, you know, and and we will agree to disagree. This friend of mine and I, but I said to him, like, I absolutely can't go that route. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not, to me as an author, AI is, is definitely something that I have to be concerned with in the future or even now. And I, I don't want to be part of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, you're talking also about uh, narrators, editors, cover artists, all this stuff. What are you looking for in hiring a professional? You know, with an editor, I always say, a good there's a couple things with editors. A good editor is like a good home renovator. You don't want the guy that you phone today and say, "Yeah, I you know I want my kitchen replaced," and he said, "I'll come tomorrow morning at nine. Like <laughs> because he's probably not very good, right? Um, you want the guy that says, "You know, yeah, I can I can fit you in in two months' time or whatever." So like, don't assume that just because your book's ready, you've got an editor lined up, right? So I always say, a good editor, you have to you have to have some advance. It's great if you can find somebody that that is recommended. Obviously, like anything, referral is great. And a good editor will also do a sample edit for you. So they'll maybe take, you know, the first three chapters or the first, you know, so many words and they'll and they'll show you what they would do. And then you can decide whether that's right for you or not, right? Because like I think the biggest concern people think, oh an editor, they're gonna change my work or they're gonna change my voice and but absolutely they're not going to do that. And first of all, if, and, or they're going to steal my idea. Well, you know, they're only going to do that once and then the word's going to get out that they're plagiarists. So that's not going to happen, right? So, you know, I mean, the, that's the thing, right? So I say, you know, A, start looking around well before the time you need one. B, get a sample edit so you can see what that person is, whether you can work with that person. Um, and then, you know, come up with the financial terms and see how that goes. Like um, for both the step-by-step books, I used actually two editors. So the first was a, a front, what I call a frontline editor. Her name is Emily Nakeff, and she is a professional editor, and she's also a librarian. Um, and she, I met her through, like she came to a couple of my um, seminars, local seminars when I was living in southern Ontario. Um, over the, the course of like seven years, like I, I, I saw her several times. And I knew that she had aspirations to get published, and she she's considerably younger than me. And so I thought she would be a good person for the first go-round. And um, so basically every week I would send her a section, and then she would send it back to me, you know, within the next seven to ten days, saying, okay, these are what I would recommend or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I kind of proceeded with that. And then when I had everything done... Then I sent it to the editor I use for everything. Her name is T. Locke, and she lives um, outside of Seattle and on an island. And she's wonderful. Like, and, you know, she goes through everything. 
But I've been working with Teve. Um, like I met her when I was traditionally published, and she was my editor there. So we've been working together a long time, and we're now at the point where she's also a writer. So we exchange services because I'm also an editor. I just can't edit my own work, right? I mean, I'm 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 too close to it. So I look at her stuff, and she looks at my stuff, and we don't pay each other anything. So it really works out well. <laughs> but you know it takes time to establish those relationships right and uh, so I think I think people you know have to accept that so that's one you know that's editor cover art um, you know if you're talented you can certainly do your own you just have to make sure that you own the copyright to you know any images that you're using you can't just keep taking things off you know on the internet why not <laughs> but uh, you know so as long as you have, as long as you have copyright and you're clever I sort of dabbled with it, but realized pretty early on that I, you know, I was, it's like anything, you know, my, I'm just having my house painted and can I paint my bedroom? Yes, I can. I have done it in the past. Um, but I'm now at a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I can do it myself and spend, you know, the better part of two days or three days painting, or I can hire somebody who's going to get it done in a few hours and, you know, my t in those three days that I would have spent painting, I, I can do other things that I'm much better at. <laughs> so that's the point I'm at now. So with cover art, I felt like I, I landed on Hunter a few years back. He was a recommended at, uh, in a group that I was with, um, Short Mystery Fiction Society. Somebody had mentioned that he was uh, taking on work. And... Uh, and we've just hit it off, you know, because he gets, like, I send him these really terrible, you know, ink sketches of what is in my head that is just, you know, and then I, somehow he makes it actually look like uh, like a professional cover. Yeah, he's at home and he rolls his eyes and goes, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, not another one. Yeah. Because I have all these little, like, you know, notes and everything on the side, like, should be this color and all. <laughs> but he, he, he's really quite, you know, and sometimes he'll take, things and like the step-by-step -step guys that's not really what I had in my head but when he came up with it I was like yeah it's not really what was in my head but I think it really works because they they look accessible to, you know they don't look too textbooky because these aren't textbooks I mean they're they're very um you know there's humor there's humor in, in it it's like it's telling you how to do things but it you know I, I'm giving examples of my own success and failures, my own failures, uh, because I think people have to understand, right? It's not really that easy, but it, at least it can be fun, you know, because you're sort of taking control. As far as, uh, you know, the marketing and promotion and all that, you can certainly hire somebody, but, you know, like it's so expensive to do that, that really I, I suggest you try to arrange as much as you can on your own. Um, and there, you know, I sort of give tips to, you know, thing, things you can look at and and then I do I have a section called author author um, it talks about associations and and grant programs and and uh, and I have a section called no one wants you to fail and I, I put that in because my very when my debut year was 2015 as an author not as a debut <laughs> and so and I went to Raleigh uh, North Carolina to VoucherCon, and they uh, put me on a panel with Tom Franklin, who was the American Guest of Honor. And I and I I'd read him, and I, and I thought he was quite brilliant. And so, you know, here I am. Nobody's heard of me. And I've got this sort of little 
cozy mystery and I'm on the panel with Tom freaking Franklin, right? So I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I was like literally half an hour before pacing the halls of the hotel room and I thought I was going to be sick. I was so scared. And this, this woman came up to me. Her name's Nancy West and she's an author. And she said to me, are you okay? Like you don't look so good. Yeah. I'm supposed to be on this panel with Tom Franklin. Oh my gosh. And she goes, well, you're really lucky because she said, you know, Tom Franklin, people will come to see him. So then they'll see you. Like I hadn't really thought of that. Right. So that was kind of, but then what she said that, that made me sort of really calm down. She said, you know what, Judy, nobody wants you to fail. Right. And it's true. Like we've all been at a panel discussion or, you know, in school seeing a, a, a fellow classmate up there struggling and our hearts go out to those people. We don't want them to fail. We're not rooting for them to fall on their face. We want them to succeed, right? So when she said that, I was like, yeah, you're right. Nobody wants me to fail. I don't want to fail, but nobody else does either. So it made it a lot easier. Um, and so I bring that example into the book so that people, and I mentioned Nancy because she really did change my life that day. It was like such a simple thing to say, but it changed my life. Well, and you're a far better writer than he was anyway. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. But anyway, that was the, it was, and, and, you know, was I perfect that day? Of course I wasn't. And I've definitely gotten better at it. But I did okay. You know, I held my own. And that was, I guess, uh, you know, he definitely outshone everybody on the panel because people were there to see him, not me. Why not the other people on the panel? But, um, you know, I did okay. And and I would say uh, that's largely because I kept thinking nobody wants you to fail, and that's true. So anyway, that's basically the nuts and bolts of the book. In the book, it goes through all of these different steps, and it's quite it's quite honest. It tells you know it tells it like it is. So. At the end, I, I even say, like, now that you've read all this, you may decide that self-publishing isn't for you. That's okay. At least now you know, right? Like, you know, like people think, oh, I'll just throw it up on Amazon. And, well, you know, Amazon's got, you know, like 10 bazillion books up there. Like, how are, how are people going to find yours? You know, it's it's not so simple as just to flop it up there and, and think, like, people are going to come clamoring after you. It doesn't work that way. Well, they don't. They do. They come running. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I leave it in every bathroom in every mall that I can go. And you wouldn't believe how many people follow me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that experience. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know? <laughs> I've, done, yeah. I've done well. That's the best way to do it. Better than any book show. Just leave it in a food court. What are you wasting your time with book show? Yeah. Uh, well, there's different ways. So, uh, but I think there's, I think it's, it's, it's. There's an onslaught. It's overdone. There's too many people doing it. That um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if I. You know, the whole Amazon thing. Is it good or bad? Has it has it made more people better and accessible at writing? And and I, I don't know. I, I, I question that because I think that a lot of people are putting out things that shouldn't really be out, be published. They would, I agree. You know, they wouldn't make it in high school with, with what they do. And yet... And, that, and that's my point. And that's exactly my point. Is like the thing that gives self-publishing is a bad name are the people that are just putting up anything and they're not getting the professional editing and they're not, you know, that's the people that give it a bad name. But if you have a good 
product. Like I, I look at my own series, right? So like my Marketville Mystery Series, overall, it's on Goodreads, for instance, which is where I generally look more for reviews and Amazon. You know, it's kind of an app, but this whole series has an average of like a 4.5 rating, right? It, I mean, my books are rated, they're rated well, but I really take pride and I take time to write them and I take as long as it takes. I don't, that's one thing I say to people, don't set an arbitrary deadline. Don't say, you know, the year my kid graduates from high school or the day I turn 50 or right? like, these are, they're ridiculous. Like it's got to, you know, you do have to have some kind of deadline. I mean, I have a friend that's been writing the same book for 12 years. So, okay. At some point you have to kind of move on, but I think you have to also let it be, however long it needs to take you. You know what I mean? To, to, to be professional. So you're absolutely right. It is that. But a lot of people, too, see something that this, I think, would appeal to people. Is there are people that are with publishers, and then the publisher goes under. Right? It's happened to me twice. Two. One publisher was Mystery Writer. Because your books didn't sell. <laughs> yeah. One publisher was Mystery Writer <laughs> of America approved, and it still didn't matter, right? I mean, you know, things happen. The problem is when you, if you have um, books and then the publisher goes under or stops that line, that mystery line or whatever, it happens all the time, um, those books are considered orphaned, right? You're an orphaned author. And no other really publisher wants them. That's the reality. No, they, you're basically, you've got in books that you can't place anywhere. So your option then is to self-publish those books. And that's kind of how I started actually was like, I, I, like when my second publisher went under, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Like I'm done with these, you know, these presses that aren't really doing anything for me anyway. I'm just going to take those same books, which I know are good, which I know have been professionally edited, and I'm going to get new covers for them, and I'm going to put them out, and then I'm going to keep writing. I'm going to add to those using those same editors. So that's how I kind of got started, and that would have been 2018 that I that uh, that my one publisher went under. There are a lot of authors like that that have that have been orphaned. This would be a great area for them to explore because you know they have good product they just don't have anyone that's going to sell it well publishers are just people and uh you know it doesn't mean they know any more than you know anybody else the more they've published and the more they've been around more success they've had the better it is Mm -hmm. you know better chances they know what they're doing so uh but there's again you have to select the publishers because they're a dime a dozen too nowadays they are they are there's a lot and and i worry you know because there's a the one publisher I said, like the Mystery Writer of America approved one, um, she started having a lot of, um, I think she, she acquired too many authors and it became just too much for her. And the other, the other publisher, she had like physical and, and, uh, health problems and just, and, and then her, her, her father was the one that did a lot of the, a lot of the work and he, he passed away unexpectedly. And so she just, I guess, couldn't, couldn't deal with it anymore you know just too much for her so you know that that, those are those those are some situations but i there's a there's a publisher out there now i will not say who they are but i see them growing really fast and i worry that they are growing too fast you know i hope i'm wrong but when you're acquiring you know three or four new authors every week and pushing out you know 100 books a year or whatever and you're just like mom pop something's going to give, right? You're not, I see that they don't do promotion. Um, Their authors are promoting, but I don't see 
house promoting um, and they're acquiring a lot. So I, I look at that as a, as a warning. Again, I hope I'm wrong because I, I know authors that have gone with them. So I hope I'm wrong. These little publishers are just about as, you know, popular as self-publishing. There's just so much of it going on. Yep. I think it'll tone down in time. Mm. I think, you know, the novelty will wear off and less people will do it. Yeah. Hopefully. I hope. But even the even the big five, you know, even the big five, when you look, like when I was doing the PATH research, I, I learned that for the big five, only one in five authors earns back their, earns enough to earn back their advance, right? One in five. That's, you know, not great odds. You know, and those, you've got to figure the one in five are, you know, the Matthew Perry's or whatever. Certainly his book's probably selling off the shelves now that he's passed away. Um, but, you know, celebrity will sell, right? Those are the people, you know, the Harry's of the world that are that are making their money back. But although I did hear, and I don't know if it's true, but I had heard that Michelle Obama's second book didn't earn out its advance. Becoming did, obviously, by probably a hundred times. But I heard now, but I, again, I don't know if it's true or not, and, but it's possible. It's hard to say. Yeah, they, 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 they but that's, that's how they keep going, right, is, is with the... Uh... The celebrity books and stuff like mm-hmm. that that keeps the that keeps the cash flow for the publishers. And, yeah, and they've got the bookstores um, right. behind them. Eighty-five percent of books in a in a like a chapters or whatever are with the, are from the big five. Yeah, right. Of people course. don't even realize that. That's another thing with self-publishing that I say to people: like, think you're going to get into chapters or or Barnes and Noble? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I just walk in and set up my own display. And leave. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they never notice. They don't. Oh, that's good. No, no. They're but you're not busy. making any money, oh, no. but okay, sure. No, but that's all right. Then, then I can say, look, I'm in this bar, you know. That's right. <laughs> and so what about book shows and stuff like that? How many do you go to? I, I live so far from any kind of thing like that. Like, I, I might do one conference a year, and, and conferences, of course, they're not – you know, you're not going there to to sell a lot of books or even it's more it's almost more of a networking thing to me. You know, conferences, meeting people like other authors that can, you know, you can sort of cross promote. Right. So obviously, you know, if I say you know, buy Alan's book, it's going to be, you know, maybe more listen to than if you say, if you yourself say, buy my book, buy my book, right? You know what I mean? Like, people like recommendations. So it's more about networking and meeting people. As far as, uh, you know, I've done like sort of like a word on the street type of thing where like there's a bazillion authors and publishers and, you know, like you, you might meet some people, but mostly it's, you know, I, I don't find that sort of thing that effective. That's just me. I, I was quite, when I was living in Southern Ontario, I did a few of these sort of small outdoor markets, you know, and um, those were actually surprisingly good. Like I, I developed quite a following and I would often sell like well over a hundred books in, you know, three or four hours, um, which was sort of, you know, but are you making, you know, you're not making a lot of money on each book because, you know, like your landed costs and whatever, like maybe you're making two or three bucks a book. So you're not, you're not getting rich. But you're meeting a lot of people, and sometimes those meetings can bring other opportunities, right? So that's something that I do mention, too, is that you think outside the bookstore box. So, like, one thing I, I did personally, like my mystery series, the one in, in particular, but both have a slight antiques an- angle, 
to them. And so there was a huge um, uh, Cookstown antique market, and they have like about a hundred different antiques and vintage, you know, vendors. You know, I went there and said, like, I've got these books. They sort of have an antiques angle. Would you mind like having some here? And she said, Oh, not only would I like that, she goes, I'll have a meet the author day where people can, and you would like all kinds of people came because they really promoted it, right? So, you know, that's sort of like think outside your traditional box, you know, and look for other opportunities. But you have to, um, that's it. Like the one thing I would say if you're going to self publish, especially, but even with the smaller presses that don't basically do anything for you, you have to you have to find ways to market yourself because that's, at the end of the day, that's really all you can count on. But not everybody's comfortable doing that. And and I do say, I do say people, you do have to kind of get over it a little bit. I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I, I write about that in the book saying like my very first um, book launch wasn't for my, my own book. It was for a, a collection of short stories um, that Sisters in Crime Toronto put out, and I had a story in it. And so they uh, they asked me to the local bookstore, Sleuth Baker Street in Toronto. And uh, and at the same time, there was another. I had an, a, another collection also at that same bookstore. And they said, "Well, we want you to read from your story." And I, I was like, "I can't do it. Like I'm so scared, so scared." And and so finally, I had the uh, publisher's husband read for me and you have to understand that the story was about a young woman who was taken advantage of by a man 10 years her senior <laughs> he of course was the totally one person to read it and it was just it, it was so humiliating for me and for him like bless his heart he did it um but you know it was, it was such a wrong ask on my part that i realized you know i've got to get over myself here i just do and so i have um, managed to to do that. It's not easy for me. Like I I, I like to say I I I I'm what I call an introverted extrovert. So I really am an introvert, but I I can be an extrovert when I have to be. Once that's done, my hour or whatever is up. I'm very, very happy to just go back into my little shell in my little room and watch like the Food Network or something. <laughs> Well, you a couple of cocktails, a couple of shots of whiskey, and you just get out there. And <laughs> yeah. Mary had a little ab. <laughs> exactly. you know? But you do have to. You do have to really put yourself out there, and it's not easy for every. Some people, it is easy. I, I would think for most authors, probably not. Like we tend to be used to working on our own in our own little worlds, and maybe a little more introverted than yeah. a salesman. Yeah. Well, I, 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 for me personally, my biggest problem is. The um, world is so um, – everybody has become a judge. So everywhere you go, everything you do, everybody reviews. Everybody has to give a rating. Yeah. And um, I think that's the mentality of people right now. So that, that sort of bothers me a little bit. But that being said, you want reviews for your books, right? You, want, you do. I know. You I know. You, you know, and you even yeah, to... and even social media, yeah. even all the bad stuff. People will say this and that and this and that, or they fight and you know all the stuff that goes on. I, I, what I'm saying is, it, yeah, it all drives it up and it helps, but it's hard to deal with on a personal level. Yeah, you have to kind of get through that and get to a point where yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah, you it, can't, it, you it can't take it, it personally, uh, you know, because. Sometimes 
you know, like I read all my reviews because I feel like if the person has taken the time to read my book and leave a review, I owe it to them to read the review. I don't respond because you should never do that, but I like I do read them and of course I love the good ones, you know, that you're so great and everything, but every now and again, there was one I remember that the woman said it was a, it's one of my cozy, cozy mysteries. And she put, well, if you're worried about incest, there's no incest in here. I'm thinking, like, who, would, who would even think that now that you put it out there? Maybe somebody might. But who would ever think that a cozy mystery set in a small town would have incest? Like, it's just bizarre some of the stuff people put, you know. Well, that's what, that's what I don't read mine in. Oh, you don't? You don't read No, I don't go near them. No, don't go near it. Like, I'll go on to good, Goodreads, let's say, or, or Amazon, and you can say, okay, well, there's like 1,100 reviews, and you got a four-point rating good enough for me. That's all I need. I don't need to go into it and read about the people that think I'm terrible and the ones that think I'm great and then the ones that think, well, I could do better, or I might have incest. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, you know what I mean. I just like it, it, the overall rating, that's all that matters. That means, you know, most people – find it four to five that's better than i expect that's great okay that's interesting because i do i mean, i don't you know i don't go every single day and look to see if there's a new review i mean i'm not doing that but i you know probably every i'd say once every two weeks anyway i go on to good reason and see if there's you know things have moved at all certainly when i when i first put out a book i look more because yeah. i want to see if i'm getting any kind of you know buzz or whatever um but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I, I mean, I know because I, I self, myself personally, I don't generally buy anything anymore unless it's got a few reviews. Yeah, but, you see, that's what I, that, was, that was my point, is, is that now it's become that. So everything you do has become that. Yeah. So if you go out to do a book reading or if you go to a show or you do – it's, it's everyone's gonna everyone's reviewing you. Oh, do you see what he wore? He didn't do that very well. He doesn't he doesn't seem very nice, mm. or he doesn't read that very well, or he doesn't. Everyone's just into this judgment thing right now, and I'm sort of I don't know. I'm sort of over it a little. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I go through with it and all that, and ignore it. it. That's why I ignore the reviews because I don't know. I don't I don't find them to be very insightful. They're not very helpful. Yeah, I mean, what they can your feelings for sure you know sometimes you read them and like I, I remember reading one day I had two new ones so the first one was I love this book couldn't put it down characters were believable great story art blah 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 right I was like, oh yeah aren't I wonderful and then the next one was like I thought my grade five kindergartner wrote it <laughs> yeah like, tell me how you really feel right <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean and I don't I don't really see that because it's really about the perspective you know, when the person, where they're coming from, you know, if they're re- really well-educated, well-spoken, they can write really well, and they read something, they may not think you'd do very good. And then a lot of other people that are just average people that just live a life, and then they pick up your book, and they get some enjoyment out of it, and they like it. So, I mean, I think that's just, you do what you do, and you kind of put it out there. It, we're in that kind of a job where we're reviewed all the time and most people's jobs they're not getting reviewed at by everybody on the street that's true you know what i'm saying you know someone's working at so whatever job they're doing we're not we're not writing reviews about them saying oh well you know she took a 20 minute break and you know what i mean like we're not they don't have to deal with that and um i what i'm saying is i think that if the overall is there for me that's good enough I, I think 
for me the thing that bothers me the most, like, and the reviews, like I'm over that, right? I'm good with that. But I think what bothers me the most is, is when, and it just actually just happened last week, I had lunch with a, a, a golf buddy. Uh, so it's not really a friend, somebody I golfed over the summer, and we said, you know, oh, well, we'll go together, get lunch after golf. It's done. And so we did. Um, and, you know, we don't, outside of golf, it's, we don't really have much in common, I wouldn't think. But anyway, I mean, she, she didn't come right out and say, like, how much money do you make? But she said, you know, is there any money in writing books? Which is pretty much asking how much you make. Now, you would not go to, you know, I would not say to her, well, you were a bank, you know, you worked at the bank. Like, how much did you make? I would never, I never ask that. You know what I mean? But people seem to think it's okay to ask authors, like, how much money they make. And if they, you know, and, it, and it, or they'll try to do it sneaky, like, so you probably make, what, $2 a book, and you're selling, like, how many books a year? You know what I mean? So, I mean, hello, I I get what you're doing here. You're, you're like, doing the math. Um, and I, I don't know. That's the one thing that kind of bugs me, because, like, I kind of think, like, it's not really how much, it's not really your business how much money I make. I'm not asking you how much money you make. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that, no, I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly sensitive. Maybe I shouldn't. Take offense. Yeah, well, that's why. That's why. I'm. That's why I try to ignore all that as much as possible. Mm. I'm just going about what I do, and uh, and some things win, some things lose, um, and that's you know. And I just tell them, look, I'm a millionaire, so whatever. That's what I mean. I always <laughs> answer the same way. I always say I'm doing okay, but I'm not making Stephen King money. Okay. Yeah. No, oh, please. Tell me to make more than Stephen King. <laughs> is Stephen King, is Stephen King money besides Stephen King? I mean, really. <laughs> Stephen King is, 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 is a grifter. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to laugh, okay? He's just, he's just there, yeah. you know, one there and wonder. gone. One hit wonder. That's it. You know, he's just, you know, nothing that's going to be around. Well, listen, so where do people find you? Social media, bars? Yeah. Um, clubs, like where where are you going? I'm and not do you have going a website? anywhere. Uh, actually, I'm planning on going to La Coast Prime, Seattle next April. That's a long time away. I think you're going there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm there. I'm 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 one of the dancers. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been to Seattle. Um, it's gonna, you know, I've got to take you know my one hour flight to Toronto and then my you know five hour flight there, and it was a bit of an excursion, but. But yeah, I, I love Left Coast Crime as a conference. It's, it's wonderful. It's a nice size and, and, uh, and it's a way for me to see, you know, another, you know, Seattle. I, I mean, the only thing I know about is like all oh, watching Grey's Anatomy for like a hundred years. <laughs> I don't really know anything about it, obviously. Uh, but anyway, and I think it rains a lot, but that's about all I really know about Seattle. Yeah, there's a little bit of rain yeah. there, but it's actually not too bad. It's cloudy a lot. Okay. It, it rains a little bit more outside uh, of the city, but it's, it's, yeah, it's cloudy a lot. Yeah, so I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but where do they find me? Well, I have a website, judypenshellet.com, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram, and I'm still on Twitter, which is now X, though. I don't know how much longer I can. I mean, I have quite a lot of followers there, and so I've kept it. I don't know. I'm not really yeah. excited about the ownership, so yeah. I may yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. and just yeah. I'm sort of the same. I'm not, I'm not buying membership with them. You know, I'm not a verified i'm not paying no i'm not i'm but, certainly not paying 
Yeah, but I just I just post the show and do the stuff because yeah, I've got quite a you know, and no, it's not as big as the other ones for me, but I've got enough that it's worthwhile um, keeping. That's what I found. Yeah. Yeah, but you know the problem is, um, a lot of authors have left. I I lost probably two thousand people that were authors, and I can tell that they're gone because I go to post for a show and they've been on it, and they're not there anymore. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people have dropped off. So it's kind of one of those, you know, I'm just sticking with it until it's closed. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm sort of of the same mind. Like I sort of left it for a little bit. I didn't close up my account, but I just sort of left it, you know, didn't do anything on it for about a month. And then I, I sort of thought, oh, you know, I'll just go back. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, if I'm going to give up a platform, that will be it. Is what, is, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm on Facebook and I'm on uh, uh, Instagram. So I'm still not on TikTok. (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, it's just, I just, like I said, I just do it and I just noticed that there was a good amount of followers that's grown and people, you know, people notice it and they seem to respond and it's so I'm just, I'm doing it like the rest. Yeah. You know, if, if, if it's, it's more active than, than Twitter. For me, yeah, it's quite a bit better than Twitter. It's actually second to Facebook for me. Yeah, I find Facebook is my best, and then Instagram is not that. But I don't. I will admit, I don't spend that much effort on Instagram as I probably do on Facebook. So, but I do find I, I don't like Instagram. I'm on there, and I got a lot. I got more followers on there than any of them, but I don't like it. Why not? I don't because I don't I don't get it. You know, you see a post, you can't really share it. Yeah, I know. I don't you know like that. I mean? You can't share a post, and you can't yeah. tag anybody, yeah. or or you can't. No, you can tag, but you can't. It feels like you can't connect with. Yeah, people. you I can't really put it. links or anything in there. You got to put link in bio, yeah. which means yeah. you always have to go and update your link in your bio. But you can only do that on your phone. You can't do it. You know, because there's a lot of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, well, I'm not, I'm not really big on it, but you know, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you got to sort of pick your lane and you know, you can't spend all your time just on social, right? No, no, no. You take, I always do it in the morning, five, five, six in the morning. I do all my posts. Yeah. I spend about an hour doing all of it. And then I, that's about it. Then occasionally I'll drift on, but that's, that's the main part of it mm. in the morning. Like Dave stays stays on there all day. He's on there right now. You can't get him off. I thought he was doing yeah. his karate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's doing karate and dancing and all sorts of stuff on there. Multitasking. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> between that and his OnlyFans page, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, everyone, you want to learn how to publish? This is it. Get the book. Yeah. Self publishing: the ins and outs. Of going indie, and this is a step-by-step guide. This is book two, so there's a book one. Get both of them. Sit down, read it. it. And uh, Judy Penn Shalak is the author. If you have a problem with it, you know, just just text her. She'll help you out. I will. That's what she's there for. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, as always. Much appreciated. Thanks, Judy. You've been listening to the House of Mystery Radio Show. To find out more about our guests, hosts. For shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. 
You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.